This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome to the audio blog. I'm Paolo, back for another episode of Thoughts on the Table with my friend Gino from England. Hi Gino, good morning. Good morning, Paolo. Or good evening to you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have to do these things in crazy hours, as you can imagine. But thanks, Gino, for getting up early. And uh, <laughs> I'll try to resist, stay awake. Um, so we've been talking about misrepresentation in the last uh, uh, couple of episodes. And today I would like to continue a little bit this conversation and uh, maybe end with, with some more examples on it. And then for the future, we will be talking about other other things, perhaps. Um, one um, type of misrepresentation that I see, uh, see happening is, again, um, when you take something uh, that has a particular type of use in Italy, and you take it out of context. The example that I have in mind is pesto. Pesto is a kind of pasta sauce. Really, pesto means anything that is being beaten, um, in, a, in a mortar, and typically is made with basil. But you can find pesto also of other ingredients. But if you say just pesto, I think it's fair to say that you mean basil pesto, uh, which is the most popular one. Of course, it's from the Liguria region. Yeah. But you don't ever see pesto used like a spread to be put into a sandwich. Um, there are few little examples here and there of that but it's a hint of pesto which means a hint of basil but um, having a dense thick sauce placed in a sandwich or on top of a of flat bread or anything like that is extremely unlikely in my in my experience what do you think yeah it's original usage in pasta i mean it's it's pine nuts olive oil and basil if you ever go to La Cinque Terra, which is in Liguria, you will always see basil just everywhere. It's just grown. Um, it tastes very different as well in Italy uh, because you get the wilder varieties of yes. basil. Yes, yes. It's definitely not minty. And is um, generally speaking, especially in Liguria, quite light. Um, it's an oily sauce and it's not as salty and flavorful as I find it uh, here. Yeah. I think I think it's actually the reason why it's become almost like um, a spread, like a, you know, a vegetable version of a Nutella, for <laughs> example, uh, in sandwiches. It's, it's because as well of its color. You know, if, if something's yeah. seen as green, you know, food scientists have shown that uh, green colors in food uh, have got this attractive, positive, healthy spin. Yeah. Thing. So it's amazing how if you were to take something like pesto trapanese, which mm-hmm. is from Sicily. Yeah. So in, in pesto trapanese, what the, what that is, it's uh, well, pesto from Trapani. That is toasted almonds, pecorino, and then tomatoes. But it's not a tomato sauce. They take tomatoes and they crush the tomatoes with their hands. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a kind of a, a white version of pesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah where the seasoning comes from, basically, the toasted almonds. I mean, it's a very different pesto. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. It tastes beautiful with just a bowl, you know, a simple bowl of penne or, or mm-hmm. you know, even some... You could even do it with a longer pasta because the, the sauce will stick. 
yeah, to, yeah. you know, the, the whole rules of Italian pasta and, and combining it with sauce, yeah. the shorter pastas with and the longer pasta with. But maybe um, we should go over those rules because we've been talking about rules. Yeah. Uh, I think this is another very good example where uh, you can say there is some kind of a rule. Um, people don't just uh, mix and match uh, any kind of pasta uh, with any kind of sauce. So what is your version of the rule? Let's see if it matches mine. So um, for for sauces which have got more body mm-hmm. to them, certainly more ingredients, so you'd look like at uh, ragu, which for me, the ragu which I, I, I know is the one with uh, meat, minced meat, yes. uh, tomato sauce, um, you know, some very fine vegetables which have been softened and, 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 and blended down, but that kind of ragu which people call bolognese, yeah, actually, this is, um, we tend to call it that way even in Milan. So it's not yeah. entirely uh, only um, around the world that is taking the yeah. name. So, yeah. Artusi wrote about it. Yeah. Uh, Artusi being the, the forefather of Italian cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, wrote yeah. about it, but he wrote about it um, without any tomatoes mm-hmm. because tomatoes is something from the south. I see. Um, but, but, I mean, to get back to that point, so a sauce like that goes with spaghetti because mm-hmm. you know a longer pasta a spaghetti or a linguine when you've got something with a lot more body mm-hmm. when you're twisting that on your fork you're getting all of the flavors when the sauce is certainly just lighter and mm-hmm. there's less ingredients so even just a basic tomato sauce or a butter and sage just as simple or a as butter, and butter and sage yeah that goes better with a shorter pasta yeah. like a even like a gnocchi yeah I'd, that's Oh, I've interpreted the rules. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. This is one of those where not everybody agrees. But I'm sure that every family has their own uh, pairings. And uh, they don't tend to shake that up too much. And uh, some dishes, some pasta dishes, are famous in their own version. And therefore, you tend to keep it that way, right? Um, yeah. Which is, again, um, something that the Italians have uh, built in uh, respect for traditions they they try to yeah. to follow the tradition when they can. So going back to the, what we were talking about before, um, so pesto is a pasta sauce, uh, and um, it um, it never left that role in, in Italy. Using it as a spread is not what it was created for. It yeah. was created to give flavor to pasta. Once again, using these principles, the principles of cucina povera. You know, it is one of those timeless dishes which is born out of this necessity to have something to go with the pasta. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, when you when you take, you know, the, the, traditionally in England, what they do is they have a pesto, mozzarella, and um, tomato mm-hmm. panini. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that in itself is. I mean, it's a panino. It's not panini. <laughs> it is, uh, it, it, yeah, I've been talking about that a, a lot in, in my blog. Um, you're right. That's a very typical combination that I see here as well in Canada. Uh, tomato mozzarella for a vegetarian panino um, and pesto. To me, extremely strange combination. Tomato and mozzarella are delicious on their own. They're very delicate. Delicate flavors yeah. go with other delicate flavors. And uh, if you want to put a fresh uh, leaf of basil 
that's fantastic. You're creating a caprese salad, which you could yeah. put into a sandwich if you go very light with the dressing or you put no dressing at all. Um, you could do that, but certainly not a pesto, especially how it's made here, which is so strong and, uh, and powerful and uh, persistent uh, in your mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, that's totally a very good example of, um, of something um, used in the wrong context and going in my opinion, or I think a lot of Italians' opinion, going wrong. But then it tends to become somehow um, popular, and it goes, I don't know, I can't explain it. Yeah. Apart from pesto, I mean, is there, is there anything else where you've uh, looked at it and you've, and you've noticed, oh God, you know, they're using that in the wrong context altogether? I do have I mean, one more. Is there any other examples? Yes, yeah. I, think, I think you'll agree with me. Okay, antipasto spread. So, Speaking of spreads, it's another one. Yeah, you know, you don't see uh, Gino right now, but it's hands in his face. So, yes, um, antipasto is, uh, in Italy, uh, how you call the appetizer. So it can be anything that you use to start a meal. Uh, it means anti, um, Latin from before, and not against, <laughs> pasto, uh, which is the meal. So it comes before the meal. So you can put anything uh, in, in there, but there's also a particular kind of appetizer which is resemblant of what is found around the world under the name antipasto. It's a mix of vegetables that have been uh, passed in vinegar and then in oil, typically, mm -hmm. and sometimes with tuna and olives and other components. So mm. this is something that you too find in, in a jar and families sometimes make their own and serve it as an appetizer or as a side. Um, but this is exactly one example, nothing more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. This came uh, to me because I went to, um, to this store that sells Italian products and they have this... Uh, this um, panino because the, you can also get uh, sandwiches there made to order and this panino is the featured sandwich of the day with tuna yeah. antipasto mozzarella and lettuce so you're putting the appetizer before i eat the sandwich inside the sandwich the whole thing just felt oh my god yeah so is it something you find in england as well i have mm -hmm. seen it um more uh, let's say the deli counters yes where I think people are, are confusing what that section of the deli counter really is for. <laughs> it's to take away an antipasto uh, or, or, you know, or side dish, side salad, whatever it is. And, and, and they're basically saying, I want that in my panini. It's panino! First of all, <laughs> sorry, 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 listeners, sorry. But um, it's, I mean, I think for me, just uh, before we wrap up, the one thing which has become generalized yeah. or certainly used in the most inappropriate way, mm -hmm. which is a, a mortal sin for, uh, uh, for me, uh, a boy from the south of Italy. Mm -hmm. um, my grandparents have just been over recently. Um, La polpetta. Meatballs. Meatballs mm. should never, ever, ever <laughs> be in the middle of a sandwich <laughs> they, should, they should never feature on top of your pasta <laughs> they it's it absolutely astounds me whenever i see it i get i get so annoyed yes. because uh, i have to interrupt you here because i already 
know where it's going and I, you know I I agree with you completely. Um, however, uh, what happens here with the meatball, I think we can justify with the Italian-American cuisine. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an Italian-American dish, and we should clarify that once and for all. Um, there were traces of that in Italian cuisine, but they were in the 1800s, and they were uh, in certain parts of southern Italy. There is some uh, some trace of that, some proofs of that, but it never went mainstream. It's like for the antipasto, you take one kind of possible uh, appetizer yeah. and you call it appetizer. So it's the same sort of concept. Take something with a microscope and it becomes very big, but it's not yeah. big, it's still small. And now it becomes the food of Italy. And uh, that's really incorrect. And yeah. certainly you cannot find meatballs on pasta or in a sandwich in Italy. Yeah. Uh, you find polpette, which is meatballs, but it's, um, it's something else. It's um, um, a second course or a side. It's a dish by itself. It's a dish, yeah. Uh, you know, Pellegrino Artusi, going mm -hmm. back to, 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 to him, um, yeah. he wrote in the science of cuisine uh, and, and the art of eating well in 1881. Which is a beautiful title for it, a book. <laughs> it's absolutely it's such a beautiful title and actually if anybody can get their hands on a copy um you know he actually says don't be fooled that you can't make your own meatballs it's it's a simple dish which everybody can do starting from basic uh, meat ingredients more recently or certainly what what started to happen was because meat was was becoming a scarce resource as well you know in the in the uh, in the 1900s and certainly after the, and during the war you know people flavored it with bread mm -hmm. and and actually if you taste a meatball that hasn't been flavored with bread and you taste a meatball that has been flavored with with bread or should i say bread crumbs the taste is, is completely different. The way you cook it is slightly different as well because you need the oil at a different temperature. Yes, so it contains bread because meat was scarce, but also it contains several kinds of meats and oftentimes yep. um, leftovers. So it's a way to recycle poor ingredients and elevate them by adding other flavors. Uh, there's garlic, there's parsley, there's bread, which adds volume as well as texture and flavor, and holds it together, egg, and then you, you fry, so it adds more flavor to it. And um, yeah. but then, you know... And then um, you place it in, I mean, like, for, for, for Southern Italy, for, for my, you know, uh, my region of Naples, you add the meatballs and uh, involtino, or, or, as it, or as it's called in Naples, abrajol. Which, which, which can actually also be called for something else, but we won't go with that. Uh, 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 <laughs> so, what, what is abrachol? Is is simply, you know, you you, you take a pork uh, steak or a uh, beef steak, you flatten it out, so you give it a good bashing. Mm -hmm. um, you add pine nuts traditionally with uh, sultanas. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit of butter. Season with salt and pepper. You roll it up. Mm -hmm. um, traditionally, it's done with string. Yes. Um, Hold it together. Or toothpicks. Yes. To keep it together. Mm -hmm. It's fried very quickly to seal it, and then that is placed in um, the sauce. Just a basic tomato passata mm -hmm. um, with meatballs, and it's put in the sauce. Uh, there have been moments where I have returned. Uh, from an evening out, 
on a Saturday night uh, to uh, to be caught stealing some of this sauce, at, you know, in the early hours of the morning because it, it sits in the sauce on a very, very low heat for hours and hours. I mean, you know, you, you can talk 10 to 12 hours. It gives the sauce such a flavour. It gives the meat such a flavour. And you have your pasta with this sauce, which has been sat there for hours full of flavour, and then the dish gets taken away from you and then they add the meatball and the involtino. Oh, I see. So you eat the pasta with that tomato sauce and then in the same plate you eat the meat that was cooked in the sauce. It sounds fantastic. And you said it cooks for 10 hours. Now that's slow food yeah. uh, at its best. <laughs> We should talk yeah, about I mean, I think, fast food and slow food one day. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, you know, it, it's the longer you leave the meat in there, the more flavor, basically. But like I say, you know, if, 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 you, if you ever return home late one evening, uh, you're guaranteed in the south of Italy that there will be a pan and it will have sauce. And if you've had a little too many drinks, you really think you should have a, a spoon. But I advise everybody not to do that uh, because, uh, because, because they, they find out It's, uh, <laughs> you know, your nonna finds out or your auntie finds out and it's trouble. So th does your uh, nonna, would your nonna uh, trust to leave the sauce on while, uh, all, all night when she goes to sleep? Uh, if I'm in the house, no. But <laughs> <laughs> Because you can take it, <laughs> of course. She would. But she would at the time, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, bearing cooks, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to take yeah. your, your chances. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know. You see, I'm learning a lot myself. This is, as usual, yeah. very, very interesting and very, uh, very fun for me. Thanks, Gino, for the conversation. I think we got to the end of this episode as well. Our time is up. Yeah. Was was amazing talking with you. There's so much more that we will, uh, we will talk about, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Paolo. Thank you, Gino. Talk soon. Bye-bye.